Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Very good. We're going to be talking about money, the Federal Reserve, uh, dealing with fake money and what they've been up to. And they pretend that everything is okay, but I think they're getting worried. And mm. the market's a little shaky up and down. And sometimes when there's an announcement, like they had this past week on Wednesday, uh, the reaction is, gets confusing too. It's not all predictable. They don't have a computer that can actually, you know, predict what, what is happening. And uh, therefore, the markets go up sometimes uh, right after these major announcements. The stocks will go up or stocks will crash. An hour later, something else happens. It's not stability. It's the opposite of stability because we have a currency that you can't even define. And I think we're in the process of uh, coming around to admitting another phase of our bankruptcy because I think the, the, uh, the first time we were bankrupt in, in, in many ways was in, uh, when uh, Roosevelt took over in 1933. He said, well, we can't afford to honor our commitment and our promises to the American people by, about gold. So he took the gold away from the people. So that was, a, that was a pretty good hint of what was coming. But it's amazing. It's lasted a long time. And uh, then they set us up a pseudo standard, which uh, predictably uh, by many Austrian free market economists said can't last, it can't last. From day one, Henry Hazlitt said that. And sure enough, by 1971, August 15th, that system uh, collapsed, a further indication that uh, we're stretching it, we're, we're living beyond our means, and we're faking it. But the people are taking our money, and our, our army follows our money, and therefore we can enforce the law. But I think we're now entering this uh, next phase of what's happening, and they're in a dilemma uh, because they printed a lot of money, uh, the recession of 2008 plus uh, the introduction of, uh, of QE and boosting the balance sheet hugely that uh, now they're in a, in a dilemma. A couple years ago, they tried to uh, reduce the balance sheet and they ran into trouble. So, uh, and we have talked about this, Chris, as you know, about, you know, the dilemma that Fed's in. Uh, they're, uh, they're honestly trying to find a solution, but uh, if they don't admit or understand the problem, they're going to have a trouble finding, you know, what the solution is. And the more they work at it and the more they give us a solution, uh, the most it can do is delay the inevitable, and that is a real crunch, a real crunch in the lowering of the standard of living of a lot of Americans a lot, and a lot of people around the world because the dollar system has been ingrained and there's a lot of trust placed in it. And I think uh, there is a real dilemma there on managing the money. You know, even if we were in charge of it, Chris, you know, there's, there's no wand to wave and say, okay, this is what you do and the dollar will be sound as ever. When you look at why isn't it sound? Well, it's because government's big and they run up deficits and there's a deep state that controls the monetary system and on and on. There's no wands to wave. And uh, the addiction is very, very powerful. So I guess what we should do, Chris, is keep plugging away at trying to point out the dilemmas and pointing out that it need not be this way. And there is a different type of system of money that would, uh, you know, solve our problem and actually preserve the wealth, the wealth of the people rather than destroying it. Chris? That's right, Dr. Paul. And in essence, we live in a fake economy. And I have to qualify what I mean by fake. I mean, it's real. It's just not what it seems. 
it's not genuine and lasting. And many of our viewers, I'm sure, uh, will remember the housing bubble. They may have been a part of it uh, back then when people were flipping houses, they were buying houses in lotteries that they, they, they never saw just to, so they could flip it to the next person. I mean, that was real, but it was fake. You know, it was not lasting and it didn't last. You know, it came to a very bad end. And, you know, that's our entire economy is, you know, um, centrally planned by these uh, people at the Fed. And it's fake because it's based on money printing. And they have to keep printing to keep the illusion going. And they have to keep injecting ever larger doses. That's why when you see this government spending, it keeps going. One trillion, two trillion, four trillion, seven trillion. Because the pull of reality of bringing it back is so strong that they have to keep injecting, uh, you know, these stimulants to keep the illusion going. And now we heard this week that they're t just talking about, you know, raising interest rates over the, the year to 1%, which is in insanely low still. But even that, you know, causes uh, so much uh, um, uh, anxiety in the markets that people start selling because once they stop mm -hmm. the money printing, the whole thing has to come down. There's no choice. And there's nothing the Fed can do. They can't talk to the market and be transparent and it'll be okay, don't sell. No, they created a giant disaster and there's no way out of it. They're just constantly trying to come up ways to keep it going. You know, they've known this problem's been uh, around for a long time, but they've been able to paper it over and get away with it uh, because uh, the cycles, even the housing, uh, the housing bubble, uh, you know, was papered over, but you can do that just for so so long, and uh, yet after the uh, bubble burst in 08, uh, they never we never went back to economic growth enough to cover all the spending. The spending and living beyond our means continued, but we really there wasn't a correction. You know, since uh, Bretton Woods started in '71, we'd have ups and downs, and they know they, they they were seeing the prices were getting ahead of things and was getting a little frothy. So they say, well, we better back off and just go up, and uh, then it, it have a recession and that sort of makes enough correction for the for, for the individuals go back to work. Well, see, that's not working now, and the addiction is so powerful that uh, following 08, they had to get into being real determined to convince the markets they're serious, and that's when the QE stuff came in. Then there's talking about trillions, trillions, trillions of dollars, and uh, the uh, evidence that was starting to show that this was bad, the people, the uh, Fed was worried about it. So in 1914, in the next couple of years, they started barely shrinking the balance sheet. But uh, by 19, or, uh, 2019, it was the interest rates were going up, and that is when the markets shouted that there's something wrong, and that's when the overnight rates, which is totally rigged and has access to the Fed, interest, the overnight rates, which were totally unsustainable, went up to 10%. I thought that was a major event, and I think it was a signal of what, what is coming. But even that was pulled off because emergency, emergency, uh, get the printing presses running, and that, that sort of ha helped along. But it had to depend then, since then, on $120 billion monthly purchase by the Fed, $80 billion of treasuries and $40, uh, $40 billion of uh, mortgage-backed securities. So yeah, it's injected, 
the trust factor was still there and they got away with it. But right now, that is changing again. And uh, this is why they had a major meeting, a major announcement on Wednesday that things were going to be different. They were going to change the policy. And on the surface, it was a claim they were going to really tighten. It's surprising at first for a lot of people why the markets didn't really crash. But there are some parts of the market, if you look carefully, you know they're crashing. Uh, but, uh, you know, the major markets that the banks are concerned about, they haven't literally crumbled. And uh, that's, uh, that it says they're going to keep it going for a while. But in, 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 19, in uh, 2019, after a couple of years, those rates went up. The market was saying it doesn't work. And uh, that's when they had to uh, once again go back uh, and accelerating the monetary inflation. And uh, that we're not at that point now, but we know it's coming. Most people don't believe this. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Peter Schiff isn't the only one that's skeptical. There's some bankers out there that are smart enough to know about it, but they have to be real careful. They're under restraints. You know, they have to be a little bit politically correct. So I think it's up for grabs. I think it's very, very serious. The spending is not going to go down. Uh, and, uh, and when you look at what's happened here in the last couple of years, when you look at uh, correcting for the Fed's mistakes and the printing of money there, as well as the crazy stuff going on with COVID, and that that epidemic that's going on, uh, the, the, the epidemic of uh, when are we going to get our passports up for everybody? So that's going on. And th this, to me, is leading to big trouble. And I think what we've seen this past week and this announcement on Wednesday didn't make the markets worse. Uh, but uh, today, the announcement about employment, they were expecting a, a very, very super employment because the jobs are going begging. And yet uh, the job, new jobs uh, uh, were lower than expectations. So that was a weakness on the, on the market. But, you know, the big problem for most people who are serious about this, hey, uh, you know, first, uh, first you, you have to uh, interpret the statistics. Then you have to accept the fact that they're, they're government statistics. So if you go only by the government printed of the CPI on the health of the dollar, uh, you could be in trouble. So this is, uh, this is something that is, is going on. The interpretation is very, very difficult, but they're struggling. And uh, tell you what, I'd hate to be on Wall Street being responsible for a lot of people's money. I'd be looking long term. And I don't, I don't, I couldn't live through these 20 minute deals, invest for 20 minutes. And can I get out fast enough? And I think all that's going to accelerate. And uh, one day, what we'll see is it's going to get, uh, get loose and be totally uncontrollable and nobody is going to respond to what the Fed says. Right, Dr. Paul. And, you know, there's a big temptation um, to think that, well, okay, so it's a fake bubble, whatever. Just keep printing money. Uh, keep, keep keep going. Why stop? Who cares if it's fake? Well, because, uh, you know, here's an analogy. Well, if you go to a bar, you see a bunch of people, they're artificially, you know, they're inebriated, they're having fun. And what if you say, well, just keep pumping them with alcohol? Why stop? You know, there's no need to stop. That's because new problems will arise. You'll ultimately reach alcohol poisoning or death. You can't just go forever uh, with the artificial. And it's the same thing with the economy. They can't just keep pumping money because they create new and bigger problems. We're starting to see it with inflation. 
you know, they said it was transitory, and everybody knew there's no way it's transitory. You can't create all these trillions of dollars. And now they're admitting, no, it's not transitory. Now they have a problem with inflation. And the longer it goes and the more intense it gets, people start to lose faith in the money. What is this money? It's constantly losing value. I got to get rid of it faster than I get it. And that's, we've had how many examples of that in our history? So you can't just do this, create your fake world, and just keep going forever. It doesn't work that way. It creates great harm. And that's how they have painted themselves in the corner. If they stop, they're going to crash the market. If they keep going, inflation is going to get worse. And this is why central planning always fails. They get to a point where everything that they do is wrong. Even doing nothing and maintaining the status quo is wrong. And the great economist Mises said to do not go down this road. Inflation, when you start it, it, it has within it the seed of its own destruction. The failure is built in. And the only thing is it's just a matter of time of when it happens. Very good. You know, the uh, investors, as I mentioned, uh, who are responsible for their own money as well as others, I, I think it, it's a tough job. If they, and there are Austrian investors that do a very good job, so they understand, uh, you know, how Keynesianism works, and most people on Wall Street are Keynesian. And the traditional reaction, you know, if there's one statistic comes out, the market's going to say do this, and the interest rates are going to go down, and the market's going to go up. And very often uh, they, they are right on the short-term anticipations. Um, but right now, with, with the lack of, uh, of a currency that is a measuring tool and interest rates having meaning, uh, I think it's all guesswork. And I think that's what's the reason, because the important part of a currency is to ha have soundness to it. it, it is, it's a measure of value that can be trusted. Uh, but I, I don't, that exists anymore. And then the, it, well, the market would help straighten that out by the interest rates and uh, saying, look, this is bad currency. This is fake stuff. But no, uh, the interest rates are all fake, too. So it, it keeps it together uh, for for a while. Uh, but uh, there, there are other things that come up that people say, and they'll ask me some of these questions. Right now, uh, if you look at the uh, charts on the uh, international uh, currency charts to show how the dollar's doing, the dollar's doing very, very well. People say, Ron, I thought you told me the dollar was going to be very weak. Well, it will be very weak. And even now, it's very weak compared to what? You know, uh, there's, and, and the ultimate test that they can fudge these things for a while, they can even fudge the uh, CPI and try to fool the people. But I don't think you can fool the housewives. And I think the cost of living is going up and the standard of living is going down. And uh, I, I think that's the that's the best measurement of what's happening uh, is when, when the currency doesn't buy anything anymore. So if you're in Venezuela right now, the, uh, the silliness to the, to the people who say, well, well, let's use the money and let's regulate the prices. Let's put them in jail if they put the prices too high. Well, the, the whole thing is, is the market measures that and uh, you can't use the currency because it's lost its function. So we're, I think what we're doing now is moving in into that and therefore obviously I'm on the side that said this is not transitory I mm -hmm. think it's the opening I think the, the door is wide open 
and I think it's going to be the the worst inflation this country ever uh, ever had to suffer through. And yet, uh, it's an international currency; it's a world currency, so it's not going to be a, just a U.S. problem. And of course, this is going to invite uh, other social uh, and economic problems because uh, right right now, uh, the the other consequence of this, and I think Mises was very clear on this: if you uh, do what we're doing you're going to distort the um, distribution of wealth. Uh, the wealthy get wealthier and the poor get, uh, get poorer. Uh, right now, the, uh, if you look at $145 trillion worth of, uh, of, of worth in this country, $145 trillion held by 1% of the people. Well, I don't think that's the free market doing that. I think it's a rigged market. It's an inflationary market. People have learned how to maneuver and, and, and get around it. But it's going to cause a lot, a lot of trouble, and that means political trouble, and that means, uh, unfortunately, uh, violence. It's, it's been known that many countries actually maneuver a country into war uh, to distract them from the hardships they have here at home, and then use the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, being a patriot, uh, using patriotism as the excuse. You better band together, just like the war against COVID. You better do it, or you're a really, really bad guy if you won't take a take a uh, take a shot and just totally reject the whole notion that there's natural immunity and you ought to recognize it. You can't dispel his spell with it. So I think that is what's happening right now, and uh, and that's why I don't think it's going to go away soon. And to me, the best we can do, Chris, is continue to do what we do, is try our best to explain it and actually show them, I guess in a discouraging way, the system there isn't working, and the and the politicians don't know what to do. The Federal Reserve doesn't know what to do. There's a lot of trouble, and they're just going to react with more more of the same. And I think uh, you already in this program mentioned Mises because Mises is somebody that uh, all free market people have looked to to explain why it's of such benefit to us in all areas of life if you have honest money. Chris? Very good, Dr. Paul. I will finish up. Uh, of course, you're right. They do not know what they're doing because they can't. Life is far too complex. But there's a big temptation for people on our side to fall into a trap. And we see it with COVID. We see it with the Fed. It's, it's to kind of um, throw in the towel and say, oh, everything is all part of the plan. No matter what happens, you know, it's what they wanted to happen. And that is a trap that you can't allow yourself to get into because it's not true. Um, there's predictions, oh, the Fed is doing this, all this on purpose. They're going to have a controlled demolition as if they're taking down a, a old sports stadium to put a new one up. You know, with the elements of cement, steel, those are under control. They have no choice in the matter. You can do that over and over, but not with people. You can't uh, have a demolition of the entire economy. People are unpredictable. They can react in a billion different ways. We're not like cement or steel or like the natural elements. We have choice, and they can never, ever predict all the possible choices. We can even our own selves react to the same situation one way, and then the next time react a totally different way. We're not predictable like that. So to think that they have this grand plan that they're just going to have a controlled demolition and everything's going to go accordingly is wrong. And we should never succumb to that. 
We are in the power position by uh, you know searching for the truth and clinging to that. And the truth always prevails. We have to be more confident than that, than not always just kicking the stone, like, oh, this is all part of their plan. You know, what if you came to the Ron Paul Liberty Report and uh, Dr. Paul and I, you know, we totally flipped the script on you and said, you know, the Fed is going to make two plus two equals five. And each day we'd be like, here we go. We're one step closer. You know, we're, we're doomed. It's good. They're going to make two plus two equal five. I mean, that's no way. To, that's, it's just not true. They will never make two plus two equal five. So we should never, uh, as, as bad as it is, we have to deal with all the trouble that they create. We should never throw in the towel and think that everything is a part of their plan. They're some supernatural people that can uh, you know, move all the chess pieces perfectly because it's just not true. Very, very good, Chris. And I, I'm going to talk about gold for a little bit because the other question I get asked is, you know, uh, they've been printing like crazy and uh, the deficits are going to continue and they're not going to change the policy according to our understanding. So therefore, there's going to be a lot more dollars. And, uh, and some people sit down with a pencil and paper and say, you know, at the rate they're doing and how many dollars are out there, gold should be $4,000 an ounce. But that's thinking in Keynesianism. That's thinking mathematically that you can calculate this. The Austrian school teaches that uh, actually the value determined with, uh, you know, a, a, in a free market is determined subjectively. How strong is the desire? And that means it won't be overly rigid. If it were rigid, you could say, well, let's, uh, let's increase uh, the money supply. Uh, let's double the money supply and that'll help everybody and everybody's salary will go up, you know, doubled, and, and all the prices will get doubled, and that'll be okay. Well, it doesn't work that way. You can't predict it, because at the, at the end of the day, the values are set subjectively. How, what is the supply and demand? Maybe it turns out that people don't want cars anymore, <laughs> like right now they don't want cars as much as they want an RV. So uh, it, it's, it, it, as long as there's a free market choice, you just can't make those kind of predictions. But does that mean then gold is no good as a measurement no you have to look at it because it happens to have been a good measurement of value for 5,000 years so uh, you have to take that into consideration if there is a substitute that comes along and there's always a substitute under emergency conditions uh, you know uh, in wartime they they would come up with substitutes and they were usually items of assets that could be good to be traded but the, the most important thing is allowing the market uh, to make that uh, that determination but uh, the the uh, value of gold right now, it seems to be very static and, uh, and you know, even this, this week on these announcements would make no sense whatsoever. The people who were buying and selling uh, decided that they didn't need more gold at this time. At, at the same time, it might have been that uh, the people who participate in sort of fixing the gold prices might have been active, and that's possible. And you say, oh, no, that's all conspiracy on that. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No, it happens. It's happened throughout history. So in the short run, they're always managing, you know, the so-called dollar, uh, dollar value of gold. Uh, just think how long Bretton Woods lasted. They kept the price of gold at $35 an ounce, and we had so much gold, you know, it sort of worked. So you, they can get away with it. So, so there are all these value, uh, variables. So some people shouldn't say, say, well, 
gold, gold is not the answer. You can't use it. That's all fiction about uh, people resort to gold. But uh, history is really on the side of that argument that uh, gold lasts longer, but it's never smoothly. It's never smooth in a sense. And that's what has to be recognized so people don't get nervous about saying, well, the price should be this and it should be that. And uh, right now, I think a lot of dollars, uh, the one per, one place where dollars are going as a haven, which doesn't happen very often, at, at least at this moment, the dollars are going into the stock market. You know, not all the stocks, but certain stocks and stocks. And they're using that. So what are they going to do? People have savings. There's a lot of money out there. Banks have a lot of money and they, they don't have a good place to go. And even by, you know, by your government treasury bill, you can make 0.12%. You know, <laughs> they're not going to do that. It's, it's so, so, so silly. And, you know, my conclusion to all this, which seems confusing, is go with the free market go with liberty let individuals make up their decision they can run their personal lives and i think the economic lives there will be an invisible hand out there and making sure that the market uh, will be as as smooth as anything that we can come up with one thing for sure the free market is way superior uh, to the rigged market and the regulated market, the managed market, whether it's, uh, whether it's interventionism, uh, whether it's uh, socialism or communism or Marxism. Uh, no, it, it's so far, uh, so far superior. That's why I think the most important investment we make is an investment in the protection of liberty. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.